0: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. History for, history,
1: history for jerks.
0: Samantha, that's a hickey. Stranger came in and slit his throat blood and blood. Terrible mess. I was covered in blood, covered in blood, covered in blood, covered
1: in blood, covered in blood.
0: Smell like of decomposition was obvious upon driving into the property. So that's covered in blood, blood.
1: Get into the bathroom. How he he do you do? He shot on the bed. He shot on the bed. Covered
0: <laughs> does it? Oh, old. Why does it feel so good to put your leg, your feet up?
1: Kick back, relax, put your feet up with a nice bottle of highly acclaimed Kentucky Breakfast Stout. With espresso.
0: Ugh. That sounds terrible.
1: What do you mean? Why? What sounds terrible about it?
0: I don't know that it's s- chocolate stout. I don't know.
1: It's a breakfast stout. It's not chocolate. Espresso. Okay. You ready It to tastes a little chocolatey. Um, yes.
0: Okay. Welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. Time I'm Amy.
1: And I am a robot, a podcast robot built by the Russians.
0: Yes. And this is the podcast that brings you all the crazy nostalgic interesting nostalgic, things from the past.
1: Interesting bits in chronological order. All right, you're order. not doing the whole podcast like chronological that. Chronological order. No. That's what we do. History. Notable events. Stop it. Notable alumni. Stop in chronological order.
0: All right. Anyway. Today we are doing... Beep, beep, beep. Knock it off. (laughs) I'll slap you.
1: Did you ever wonder who went to high school with Marla Gibbs?
0: We're not doing alumni. You said that was a different podcast.
1: I'm sorry. I am only built to spit out notable alumni that went to school with Marla Gibbs.
0: All right. Today we're talking about (laughs)
1: 1966. 1966. Yes. Was a year in which a school existed that Marla Gibbs went to.
0: And- Welcome to Marla
1: Gibbs Timelines. Oh, stop it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we are um, in the, what, kind of in the Crank middle. Itself. We're kind of in the middle of 1966.
1: Now. We left off last episode in April with the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. This is the that's church. Right. This is a Satanistic podcast. No. No, it's not. Just kidding. We go to church just like everybody else. No, we don't. <laughs> okay, we don't go to church, We're but we both have been to a church before. Yes, that's true. Yeah. have been to
0: some funerals. And,
1: and and never once has lightning struck either one of us while we were in the church.
0: That's yeah, that's a good point, huh? Right? So,
1: there you go. We might be good people.
0: Okay, so what's the first thing we're going to talk about?
1: Well, we're jumping into May of 1966, and I have a little bit of tidbits on the NHL championship. The oh, Montreal Canadiens just... defeated the Detroit Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup that year. No, but you're going to like this. I, I tried to look at this from your perspective. It's like... Okay, we have to talk about the hockey championship. It's just a must,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And you don't care about hockey
0: Mm-mm.
1: or the game. I actually don't care about hockey either. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's take a little deep dive. What can, can Maybe I can find a murder or a mystery or something interesting about anybody oh, to do.
0: That's why it took you so long to do your research.
1: Maybe. But the best thing, I've, I have the best thing and I have the thing I think you might like. Okay. Maybe not. Uh, I have an exciting thing. I have a funny thing. and Okay, the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians, won. They're mm-hmm. a hockey team. They had a guy named Lorne Gump Worsley. Oh, geez. <laughs> Gump That's Worsley. That's a name. Yeah. He was uh, born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, and he was given a name Gump because his friends thought he looked like the comic strip character Andy Gump.
0: I have no clue what that. It must be Canadian.
1: That No, that comic strip went from like the 20s to the 50s. So like, oh, it was done before we yeah. were... Uh, but you can look it up online. He does kind of look like him. Um, he retired with a record of 335 wins, mm-hmm. 352 losses, and 150 ties. You don't care about any of this, no. But his name was Gump Worsley, and he suffered a heart attack on January 22nd, 2007, and died in his home.
0: That, I don't care about that. You love when
1: people die. Okay, no, no I just don't. I just had to say Gump Worsley. Okay, Lauren Gump Worsley. But th- here's the cool. That thing. doesn't
0: make. That does not help the sports. By any stretch of the imagination. I just want you to know.
1: No, here's the thing, though. No, here's what it helps. It Lorne just drags Gump- it out. Yeah, but Gump Worsley, there's two Canadian indie rock bands uh, that have songs dedicated to Gump Worsley. I- Tribute songs.
0: All right. What's the next thing? <laughs> Let's just move on. No,
1: hold on. There's one other thing. Oh, no. The owner of the Canadians then was named Heartland Molson, and he was in the family that has Molson Beer, the Molson Beer family. Okay. And... Here's an exciting tidbit.
0: I bet it's not. Did you
1: ever hear of the FLQ? No. Uh, the Front de Liberation de Quebec, a terrorist organization? No. Well, there was a terrorist organization called the FLQ. Yeah. And because of Hartland Molson, the inner owner of the Canadians, his high-profile image made him a prime target for these guys. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, there was a 1970 October crisis when British diplomat James Cross was kidnapped and Pierre Laporte, the vice president. Premier of Quebec was kidnapped and murdered. Hartland Molson's name was found on a terrorist list of future victims.
0: Oh, so I
1: made the NHL championship exciting for you.
0: <laughs> okay, that's exciting and gripping. Yeah, and then
1: okay. on uh, Thursday, May twelfth, nineteen sixty six, a little hometown thing for you. Yeah, Bush Memorial Stadium opens in St. Louis, Missouri.
0: Did it? I didn't. I. I don't think I ever knew how old that. Place did was. you ever go to bush memorial oh, stadium yeah. yeah i saw some cardinals games baseball games
1: it was the last of the the stadiums that were built in the 60s to be torn down because it wasn't torn down until 2005 mm-hmm. just weeks after opening the new stadium hosted the all-star game followed by a performance by the beatles
0: i can like picture that stadium in my head really
1: you knew mm-hmm. where it was so many times yeah uh it served the st louis cardinals for 51 seasons uh and like i said torn down in 2005 um the the football cardinals played there yes until they left in 87 and the st louis rams played there for one season and it opened four days after the last baseball game was played at sport sportsman's park did Mm -hmm. you know what that was that was the original bush stadium oh no i don't know since 1953 okay do you want to know who designed bush Stadium? No. Sferred up and parcel. <laughs> but you tell me anyway. <laughs> it was built by Grun and Bill Finger. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you know what that last event was in the Bush Stadium before it was torn down in two thousand five?
0: Was it probably a baseball game?
1: Yeah, the NLCS on October nineteenth. Do you know what what they used to demolish it?
0: A wrecking ball. Yes, a wrecking ball. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> do you know uh, what's located there now? No. In the new Bush Stadium. Bush Stadium 3. Oh. But I think it's probably, isn't it like, like you know, Volvo, Bush Stadium? Probably. Or something?
0: Well, Bush is. It's Anheuser Bush. Bill so Bush, it's already a.
1: It is. Bush is already a Bush beer. It's already a brand. Does everybody just love Bush beer in St. Louis?
0: They Budweiser, yeah.
1: Like Bud. Everything's, Bud yeah, everything's Budweiser. Yeah, everything's Budweiser. Bush Light. I, My
0: cousin and I used to, used to drink uh, Miller Light just to be obtuse. Really? Did yeah. It, did it work? I don't know. Sometimes people would be like, "What?
1: You can't drink dad.
0: You can't drink Miller Lite."
1: And then Thursday, June second, nineteen sixty six. Uh oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I skipped one.
0: What's the? How? What does Bush beer even taste like? I don't know if I've even ever had a Bush beer. My
1: dad, my grandfather used to always drink Bush. I remember he'd always have Bush beer at his house. I wonder what it and tastes bush like. Bush beer up north at our cottage, and uh, we would always sip it here yeah. and there and it tasted awful terrible.
0: well when you're a kid all beer tastes yeah terrible. i'm
1: sure it tastes just like bud light i never could tell all the yeah. light beers when i started drinking beers what, Coors then what light. does
0: budweiser taste like
1: budweiser actually yeah i'm gonna get vilified by craft beer nerds like brandon Wilhelm, but uh i hadn't had budweiser like i always yeah. drink bud light right and then uh i've had a budweiser here and there and i remember not liking it but once I started liking beer, like craft beer, yeah. really liking the taste of it, uh, up north this summer, uh, Uncle Terry is a big Budweiser yeah, right. guy. So yeah. he always has he would always buy a twenty four pack of Budweiser. So it's not if you're day drinking out a lake like right. all week on vacation. You don't want to drink craft beer. Yeah, you can't drink craft beer like no. one. Like right. you can drink one, that's it. You can't drink craft beer right. all day in the, yeah. in the lake. So when you're fishing and stuff, you gotta have light beer like that. So they had Budweiser and it was delicious like really? it wasn't i mean it wasn't like a craft beer a delicious ipa or anything but it tasted good it tastes like bananas kind of it had some bananas i tasted a hint of banana i don't know hey, you were i know i'm crazy something too it sounds like i guess maybe i'm just so used to trying to taste craft beers and try to guess where the hops the, and the all flavors the citra and all or whatever that stuff. Yeah. yeah that i just i tasted like a banana and i enjoyed it i was like i'll have this for breakfast from now on
0: all right. And that started your, your uh, downward spiral. No, I, I was
1: enjoying having a Budweiser. It was good. It's okay. It's good. Budweiser's good. I endorse it. All right. On to Monday, May 16th, 1966. Bob Dylan's seminal album, Blonde on Blonde, is released in the U.S. Yes. Critics often rank this as one of the greatest albums of all time. It's a good one. Combining the expertise of Nashville session musicians with a modernist literary sensibility mm-hmm. the album's songs have been described as operating on a grand scale musically while featuring lyrics one critic called a unique mixture of the visionary and the cloak wheel
0: his lyrics to me are so beautiful and profound bob dylan's
1: they really are and they can like he's got a few of them even though he can't like his singing he can't sing. isn't good <laughs> right but it just it, they sound like there's something about them that gets your heart like mm-hmm. there's a couple like like the times they are changing down
0: the alleyway in the new day you know
1: that one what's that called um you know you know rainy day women here's the number one songs on this one rainy day women number 12 and 35 Mm -hmm. do you know that song
0: yeah um
1: that's the one where they're talking about getting stoned everybody Everybody must get get stoned which i thought it was called that
0: yeah that's rainy day woman i know that he doesn't really say that in the song
1: I think he does.
0: Rainy day woman. They stone
1: you in the- Oh, they don't say rainy day women. That's what I'm saying. I oh, don't yeah. know if I they stone you in the stream. Ding, when ding. you're trying to
0: go home.
1: And I want you was the other yeah, top one. I know that one. Just like a woman. I know that and one. visions of Johanna were the I
0: don't know if I know that last biggest
1: one. song. So, yeah, I'm I I think i know most of them I don't, i'm not a big dylan guy so mm-hmm. i know some of them and yeah i like
0: like I subterranean homesick one. blues and um the times they are a changin and, and subcutaneous funions blown in the wind those are some good ones
1: blowing, that's probably plus he was such
0: know. a good songwriter he wrote like so many other artists stuff
1: yeah this is like his fifth or sixth album or something mm-hmm. uh Anyway, yeah, it's a, it was a big deal, uh, mm-hmm. so that came out, and then Thursday, June 6th, 1966, Surveyor One lands in Oceanus Procellarum on the moon, becoming the first U.S. spacecraft to soft land on another planet. Uh,
0: the first U.S. spacecraft to soft land on another planet?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, this is the moon landing?
1: This is the Surveyor One. There's no people on it.
0: Oh, okay. Alright, so it's just like a satellite? Is that what you said?
1: It's a spacecraft.
0: Of some sort. Okay.
1: The Surveyor 1, the Surveyor program. I didn't really... I thought
0: it. the Russians <laughs> beat us to the moon.
1: The first U.S. spacecraft to soft land on another planet. Okay. U.S. It's not Russia.
0: But the moon isn't considered a planet, it's a satellite.
1: Another—it's a planet other than the Earth, I guess. I don't know. It's that's what it says. Uh, that's what it says on Wikipedia. Okay. Somebody's I didn't wrong. look. I didn't look up anything else. No, I think it's considered another planetary field or something. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay. All right. What's next?
1: i just got to be a reason they said it like that.
0: You're right, honey. June sixth,
1: nineteen sixty-six. Civil rights activist James Meredith. Mm-hmm. Remember him? From a previous episode, he was the f- the first guy to go to University of Mississippi. Oh, okay. And the U.S. Marshals had to escort him. Yep. Uh, he was shot while trying to march across Mississippi. Ugh. He planned and he planned a solo two hundred and twenty mile march against fear. From Memphis, Tennessee to Jackson, Mississippi. Oh. He wanted to highlight continuing racism in the South and encourage voter registration after passage of the Voting Rights Act of 65. And he did not want major civil rights organizations involved. Yeah. So he did it just with individuals. And the second day, he was shot by a white gunman and oh. suffered numerous wounds. But he didn't die. Oh. He's still alive. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Holy Isn't that crazy? Crap. Yeah. That is crazy. I thought for sure he'd be dead. I mean, just saw this, oh. but um, I found this cool, uh, He well, okay, let me see, he, leaders of major, after he got shot, he went to the hospital, of course, and leaders of major organizations vowed to complete the march in his name mm-hmm. after he was taken to the hospital, and while he was recovering, more people from across the country became involved as marchers, and then he rejoined the march. He and, did? Yeah, and and when he and other leaders entered Jackson on June 26th they were leading an estimated 15,000 marchers
0: wow, it was the largest really.
1: civil rights march in Mississippi During the course of it, more than 4,000 African Americans had registered registered to vote, and the march was a catalyst to continued community organizing and additional registration. But I found on Mm -hmm. smithsonianmag.com an article about a photographer that took, because there are some iconic photos. If you Google this, Mm -hmm. there's an iconic photo. One that stands out more than all of them is one of james meredith just lying there injured after being shot yeah like he's just lying there in pain oh, and nobody's man. around him at all and he's just like is like dumbfounded like what the hell um why
0: isn't anybody around him at well
1: all? yeah i don't know the guy who took the picture uh was a 26 year old cub photographer mm-hmm. jack thornell mm-hmm. um and on smithsonianmag.com uh he just in this article he describes what happened um He was sitting in a parked car with a colleague from another journalism company waiting to get pics of the march when all of a sudden a man started shouting, I just want James Meredith, and the shotgun blast rang out across the highway, striking Meredith in the head, neck, back, and legs. So Thornell, the photographer, jumped out of the vehicle and started clicking away, taking two rolls of pictures with his pair of cameras. He then drove back to Memphis in a panic, convinced he would be fired for failing to photograph both the assailant and the victim. Meanwhile, minutes passed before an ambulance reached Meredith, who lay in the road alone.
0: He, he didn't go get police or anything? Meredith,
1: no, I guess not. He just took off. And then Meredith lay in the road alone, remembering, and Meredith remembered shouting, isn't anyone going to help me? Like, he's just yeah, shot. But and what nobody... about the
0: other marchers?
1: I guess they weren't, I don't know. I don't know if they were all just panicked or people just spread, you know, how when shots are fired, yeah, people, people just run, scatter, maybe. Um, of the many photographs that Thornell made of the incident, one shows the fallen man, Meredith, on the dusty Highway 51, screaming in agony. And that's the one I'm talking about. It was published in newspapers and magazines nationwide Did and they went a- on to win a Pulitzer pl- Prize.
0: Did he take a picture of the assailant?
1: Uh, I'm about to tell you. Oh. Uh,
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: said so the image. The image they did take, they say, uh, is famous for su- suggesting the very pain and frustration of being black in the South. And people couldn't believe it when it was printed in newspapers and on TV. And people finally realized what was actually happening in the South. Yeah. Said Thornell, who took these pictures, who's now who was sixty-five at the time of this article, mm-hmm. which was I think two thousand five or something. Okay. And he was retired. Uh, he said one lasting regret about the day was. Uh, that he didn't put his camera down to help Meredith. Um, As it happens, Thornell took one picture of the incident in which the gunman can be seen, but it it turns out it wasn't needed for evidence because the unemployed hardware clerk from Memphis named Aubrey James Norville, who did it was apprehended at the scene of the shooting and pled guilty before the case went to trial. Okay. And he served 18 months of a five-year prison sentence and then dropped out of sight
0: course great yeah.
1: and he lived in memphis when they printed this but i think he was 79 in like 2005
0: so you know Miss- mississippi better. could use another civil rights march i think yeah i mean
1: you want to do a one? sad
0: thing it's a sad state of affairs i think down there
1: maybe it's all better i don't know maybe it's fixed sure but here's that. here's the crazy thing james meredith graduated from columbia law school mm-hmm. he ran for congress unsuccessfully in new york and mississippi worked as a stockbroker, professor, and writer. Then, in the late, late 1980s, he shocked many people when he joined the staff of ultra-conservative North Carolina Senator Jesse Helms what? and endorsed former KKK leader David Duke's campaign to become governor of Louisiana.
0: Why would he do that?
1: Meredith, still fiery at age 71, defends those choices, saying he was monitoring the enemy. What? Married with five children, five grandchildren, Meredith lives in Jackson and still occasionally addresses groups and civil rights issues. Yeah, isn't that crazy?
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's. Because that's
0: he endorsed not, him. Why would you do that? I mean. I,
1: a KKK member. I don't care. Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe he lost it a little bit.
1: Yeah. People get older and go through things. And yeah. Hmm. Go nuts. Um, and then on Wednesday, June 8th, 1966. Mm-hmm. Uh, Topeka, Kansas, was devastated by a tornado Ooh. that registers as an F5 on the Fujita scale. Ooh. The first tornado to exceed $100 million in damages.
0: Holy shit.
1: 16 people were killed, hundreds more injured, and thousands of homes damaged and destroyed.
0: I'm surprised only 16 people were killed.
1: Yeah, it's, it is amazing. Washburn University was dis- like destroyed Demolished. completely. Wow. Well. And there's... Uh, a website uh, it's ktwu.washburn.edu and there's a whole website on there about the devastation stories from people of that
0: living through living it living
1: through that tornado really and uh will just tell you a couple of them yeah um here's a couple of the people that, that, that talk about it okay uh don wright says my office was wait my office was in the east wing of the ground floor in Morgan Hall. A brick was blown through the window of my office without shattering the glass, and it hit against the wall and fell on the desk of my secretary. Had she been been at her desk, it would have hit her in the back of the head. Wait a minute. I still it have the brick. It went through
0: the wall without shattering the glass? Yeah. So it just punctured a hole in the window? Apparently. That's bizarre. Yeah, he I mean, still the, has the brick. I know tornadoes can do weird fucking things, but...
1: Yeah, he said, when I went to Washburn the next day, although I had been a professor there for 17 years, it was very difficult for me to know where I was on the campus. The landmarks, buildings, and trees were all gone. Strange as it may seem, there was a slight good resulting from the tornado. It destroyed a number of old buildings that were replaced with new, more up-to-date ones, he said.
0: Well, there's some looking on the bright side, not the bright
1: it? side. Um, they did say that a lot of people said that it was amazing that uh, – the tragedy brings out the best in people Mm -hmm. and that cleanup began immediately. And almost everybody just came together and helped each other. That really is how that does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's one that, uh, who says that this is from Leon Taylor. Mm -hmm. I was in the basement of Carnegie attending the bar review class when the sirens went off about 15 or 20 of us went outside for a look-see I remember that it was incredibly still, which was surprising since it had been storming so hard. Suddenly, somebody yelled and pointed, and we could see this huge black funnel. It looked like it was some distance away. Then it seemed to change direction and head straight for us. I could see lots of paper and boxes floating on the edge of it. I guess I was mesmerized by the majesty and the power of it. Everyone else went to the basement, but I stayed on the law school steps and just watched it come closer. The funnel must have hit a gas pump or something because there was an explosion in the cloud. Oh my I could God. see roofs, roofs and other debris flying around. Mostly I remember the noise. It sounded like 10,000 freight trains.
0: Trains, yep.
1: The funnel was almost on me when I came to my senses and ran back into the basement. Just as I got to the bottom of the stairs, the funnel hits the building. A heavy Coke machine was simply picked up and carried off. Windows were sucked in and glass flew everywhere, and some fragments hit me in the back and legs. I grabbed hold of the first solid thing I could find and held on firmly. The whole thing was over in a matter of seconds. It got real quiet except for the tinkling of glass. I can remember choking and sputtering from the huge clouds of dust from the broken masonry.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Several of us climbed a basement window, and the the extent of the damage was breathtaking trees were uprooted and electric lines had broken loose and were popping in the parking area just north of crane observatory cars have been picked up and piled together about 30 yards away from this pile was my old 58 plymouth in splendid isolation it was completely intact no broken windows yeah sitting in the driver's seat was a brick from the smokestack that got demolished
0: yeah that's so crazy this stuff like that like it, it picks things, up certain huh? yeah. things and leaves other things completely untouched there was a podcast i listened to about a pilot or a skydiver who got caught in a tornado and lived oh my gosh and he was in the middle of it and he what said are the chances of that he said it um it looks like it looks like little thunderstorms like it, it the cloud is spinning yeah but inside the cloud that sur- surrounded him there was all this lightning
1: wow yeah what? and it
0: was crazy yeah
1: what a weird thing yeah the uh Back to that thing about where everybody came together, we we lived in Ohio during uh, a big uh, tornado that mm-hmm. leveled a school, a local school, and it was the same thing. We did charity events and stuff to bring in, mm-hmm. and everybody came together, um, but I did hear a story from that one. We were in to- the Toledo area, which is yeah. uh, by Detroit, sort of west, and we heard a story of somebody whose uh, wallet uh, went up in the tornado, and they found one of his credit cards. Yeah. In Cleveland, which was like oh a two God. hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> like two and a half hour drive. Like That's that, it crazy. Was
0: yeah. It's yeah. insane.
1: It's crazy to think about.
0: If it's we could just figure out how to
1: get tornadoes to help us travel.
0: Yeah, really. You know, I'm going to take flights. the next tornado. I'll yeah. be there. Uh, we got about, another tornado coming in about there 15 about minutes. March.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that, I thought that was interesting to get some stories. Yeah, that, that. I like and that. That was it's, cool. It's fun to find things like that. Yep. And then June 13th, 1966. Uh, was the Miranda versus Arizona case the oh, supreme court of yeah. the united states rules that police must inform
0: people of their rights
1: uh the specifics of the miranda rights before questioning are you familiar with this case the miranda rights case
0: um so very vaguely like it, there was a bit a lot of police abuse of power i think if mm-hmm. going on
1: well i was just interested in i mean i think we all know what it is like the, miranda the right rights. to remain
0: silent the right to an attorney the right to right so yeah. before
1: this apparently people were not didn't know their rights. And I think there was probably a lot of police like sign this piece of paper mm-hmm. and bullying people into it and, and right. confessions and yeah. stuff, which they still do. Right. But I was interested in finding out like what was the actual case that, that changed yeah? Us, that m- became Miranda rights. That's right. And it was a guy named Ernesto Miranda, mm-hmm. uh, who was arrested by the Phoenix police department yeah, based on circumstantial evidence linking him to the kidnapping and rape of an 18 year old woman 10 days earlier. Okay. And so after hours of interrogation by police, he signed a confession uh, on forms that included the type statement, I do hereby swear that I make this statement voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats, coercion, or promises of immunity and with full knowledge of my legal rights, understanding any statement I make may be used against me. Mm -hmm. So they had like a statement already printed that they had people do. But at this time, uh, at no time was he told of his right to counsel. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Before they gave him that form, um, and so at trial, when prosecutors when prosecutors offered Miranda's written confession as evidence, his court-appointed lawyer Alvin Moore objected mm-hmm. because of these facts that he was never offered a lawyer. Uh, but his objection was overruled, and based on this, Why? based on the confession and other evidence, apparently mm-hmm. they had other evidence that he did do it. Mm-hmm. I I think he probably did it. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think he did it. But it's interesting to me that this came about
0: because of because of
1: somebody who actually did commit a crime right but it um anyway he was convicted of rape and kidnapping and sentenced to 20 to 30 years of imprisonment imprisonment on each charge Mm -hmm. with sentences to run concurrently but he filed an appeal um and i think that was denied went all the way up to supreme court an attorney john paul frank former law clerk to justice hugo black represented miranda in his appeal to the u.s supreme court And this is the day, this is when June 13th, 1966, is when uh, the Supreme Court issued a five to four decision in Miranda's favor that overturned his conviction and remanded his case back to Arizona for retrial. Oh. So, uh, and that's when they decided this, this needs to be a thing now where we. You say it. You let you say that and you make sure they can get it. They don't have to talk, you know, they can have a right to a lawyer, uh, then I was just curious, as okay. So what happened? Was he guilty to get retried, and did he? Yeah. Or was a clay a case where he was innocent? Um, but he was retried in 1967 after the original case was thrown out, and this time the prosecution, instead of using the confession, introduced other evidence and called witnesses. Mm-hmm. One this witness was Twyla Hoffman, a woman with whom Miranda was living with at the time of the offense. She testified that he had told her of the committing the crime.
0: Uh, oh. And so he was yeah. convicted
1: in 1967, again, and sentenced to serve 20 to 30 years. So I just thought it was funny that mm-hmm. the actual case that gave victims or, you know, people on cases more rights was actually yeah. guilty was it, Yeah, anyway. a guilty person. Um, okay. Yeah, and so... Oh, but and then here's how this Miranda guy died. Mm -hmm. He was stabbed to death during an argument in a bar in 1976. And a suspect was arrested. But that suspect, unlike Miranda, exercised his right to remain silent. With no evidence against him, he was released.
0: Oh, my God. You're kidding. Yes.
1: So the Miranda (laughs) rights actually happened to hit, like, his murderer. in his own murder. Saved his murderer. That's funny. How crazy is that? That's crazy. That's crazy. You couldn't even make that up. No. That, that's why it's clear that we're living in a, a matrix.
0: All right. What's next?
1: Thursday, June 30th, 1966, the National Organization for Women is founded in Washington, D.C. All right. Are you familiar with NOW? Yes. You are? Are you part of it? Off and on. Do you know that it was founded by 28 women? No. Yep. And those women were Ada no, Alness, we're Mary Evelyn people. Benbow, Jean Boyer, Come on, Shirley Chisholm. You don't like Shirley Chisholm? You're racist. Okay, July 4th, <laughs> Monday, July 4th, 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson signs the Freedom of Information Act, okay. which went in effect the following year. Are you familiar with that act?
0: Um, yes.
1: What's You're, that deal with?
0: It, it's like. Just
1: give us an overall view, it, overview it's,
0: of it. It's, well, I didn't look it up or anything, but from what I remember, it's you have the right to anything that's on public record. You have a right to request that information. So if you're trying to defend yourself, if you are convicted of a crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though. Yeah. I have a bunch of stuff on, but I figured I'd let you. Because Brent Nelson wants to hear your voice right now. I know, now, so. see. And then that brings us to <laughs> July thirteenth, 1966, known as in many circles as the greatest day in American history because Gerald Edward Levert was born and you have something Who's on Gerald, Gerald Le-
0: Edward Levert.
1: Uh, you take that back. I'm going to, if I could reach you, I would slap your face What? and it wouldn't be domestic abuse. Cause it would be Lavert abuse for you not knowing who Lavert is from the band Lavert.
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Levert. You don't even heard of Levert. No, <laughs> continue this marriage or this podcast he's one of the greatest r&b singers of all time born in shaker heights ohio Uh, um
0: he is the son of oj's
1: frontman eddie lavert and he started a band with his brother the other lavert sean lavert and friend mark garden you finished gordon sorry okay and he was also in the super group, LSG, with Keith Sweat and Johnny Gill.
0: This is what Brent Nelson has a beef with. I just can't believe you don't know
1: who LaVert is. We Gerald LaVert. We're
0: done with this part okay, of the so topic. Okay, so what
1: happened on Gerald LaVert's birthday?
0: Okay, so I'm I'm going to go back a little bit to start.
1: Oh, before Gerald Levert's birthday? Yes. Okay. Um, I am Rest going to peace, talk
0: about Murderer Richard Speck.
1: The murder of Richard Speck?
0: Murderer Richard Speck.
1: Oh, Richard Speck is the murderer. Is a murderer. Not the murder of Richard no. Speck. No. I don't know who Richard Speck is, but I assume you are going to enlighten us with your horrible rapey story.
0: Yes, I am. Okay, so Richard Benjamin Speck was born on December 6, 1941.
1: Oh, December 6, 1941, the same day that President Roosevelt wrote a personal appeal to Emperor Hirohito to avoid war between the U.S. and Japan.
0: How'd that turn out?
1: The next day, uh, Pearl Harbor happened, so not good.
0: Nope. So he was born in the small city of Monmouth, Illinois.
1: Monmouth, Illinois, y'all.
0: To two religious parents who Uh were teetotalers.
1: They were what? Teetotalers. Forgive my ignorance.
0: They didn't drink alcohol.
1: Oh, well, that doesn't mix with my lifestyle. So
0: he was the seventh of eight children.
1: Ooh, seventh son?
0: Seventh son. Wow. Yeah.
1: Six boys before him?
0: Yeah, that's what... We, I don't know if they're boys. Oh. oh seventh Son. I don't seventh know. Seventh
1: Son of a Seventh Son. Haven't heard that whole thing? It's like a thing. Oh, it I is. I don't know. Never okay. Mind. Go ahead. So, um, they mo- I apologize, Brent.
0: They moved to Monmouth shortly after Richard was born, and oh. his earliest years seemed unremarkable. But then, Uh-oh. tragedy struck.
1: Uh-oh.
0: First, Richard's beloved father passed away of a heart attack in 1947.
1: That's sad. That's sad when you lose... That's only he was only six.
0: Yeah. Then his brother, his older brother Robert, died in a car wreck in 1952.
1: Oh, these are damaging things. These can damage your psyche. These things.
0: The, they struck him very hard, and the deaths struck Richard very yeah. hard. And um, the, to make things worse, his stepfather, his new stepfather, oh, like boy. she gets remarried. This guy remarried. was probably a jerk. He was. He was a traveling salesman. He had a long criminal record. <laughs> he would drink. And verbally abuse everybody in the family.
1: That's the thing. Why do traveling salesmen always drink and verbally abuse everyone? I
0: don't think there is. Is there traveling salesmen anymore?
1: Well, well, I'm sure there's salesmen that travel.
0: But they're not like, door, I guess, door to door.
1: Like, what do you think of traveling salesmen? Boy, that salesmen?
0: career really went down the tubes, didn't it? door oh, yeah now in. we're now
1: we're to the point if somebody comes to the door i call the police i know, <laughs> you know right just saying hello People or have delivering like our video chicken. doorbells yeah pretty
0: soon they're gonna pepper spray yeah, right, if, when you walk up the door if you go to or, anyone's
1: to door. door in our neighborhood it is instantly posted on the neighborhood app yeah why is this person in my door this yep. person's a terrorist there's something wrong i think this is odd they're at the wrong door
0: it's absolutely yeah so anyway uh he w- he had a taste for trouble he had a lengthy criminal record that included forgery and several arrests for drunk driving.
1: In his defense, t- uh, trouble is delicious. He had a taste for it.
0: <laughs> he was the polar opposite of Speck's sober, hardworking, and now deceased father. Well, with his new family, Speck moved to East Dallas, Texas.
1: East Dallas. Which they, is, who did he move he, there with?
0: His his family. Oh, his, his family. stepfather and oh, and that, that whole family other. moved. Yes, with they the all stepfather, moved. with the traveling salesman yes. guy. And they bounced from house to house, living living in many of the poorer neighborhoods of the city.
1: Man, boy, his life just took a turn. If his dad didn't die, that wouldn't have happened.
0: So he was a poor student throughout school. He refused to wear the glasses that he needed and would not speak in class due to anxiety.
1: I ain't wearing his glasses and I ain't saying shit. By
0: 1953, the 12-year-old Speck began drinking.
1: 12-year-old started drinking? I confess, I drank when I was 12 at my mom's wedding. She got remarried when I was 12, and I was in the wedding, and they served all the groomsmen champagne, so I drank it.
0: Did you get drunk?
1: I got drunk at my mom's wedding when I was 12. Were you drunk? that's what they say that's what they tell me
0: oh so at age 15 he was drunk nearly every day I and failing at school oh
1: he, he was drunk every day i only got drunk one time at my mom's wedding and i tore up the dance floor and that's when my dancing career began but <laughs> yeah. back to richard <laughs> speck who was just an alcoholic at 12 but yes. that was probably normal in the 60s right For no 12-year-olds. i would
0: say it would be the opposite i'd say it's more no- it would be more normal now because back then kids were kids didn't
1: Didn't they smoke cigarettes? Everybody smoked cigarettes. Yeah, they all
0: smoked cigarettes. It's true. I don't know. Maybe it was. Who knows? Um, So, it uh, it, I mean,
1: you know, all these stories we've had over the 60s, everybody leaves their kids unattended at the beach and stuff. Yes, it's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure drinking was happening with everybody.
0: In January 1958, just after his 16th birthday, he dropped out of high school altogether.
1: Man, this guy's not going down a good path. Hope he doesn't murder anyone.
0: He held a number of regular jobs and even got married after he impregnated a 15-year-old girl he had met at the Texas State Fair. What?
1: That's not ideal.
0: No. For anyone. No. But he continued to run into trouble with the law. All right. He tattooed Born to Raise Hell on his arm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice tattoo. I approve of that. That's a good decision. (laughs) I want that tattoo.
0: He would be arrested 41 times before the age of 24.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speck's wife, Shirley Malone, reportedly lived in fear of him. Malone said Speck would often rape her at knife point and demanded sex four <sighs> to five times a day from her.
1: That is a lot of sex. Now, gross.
0: Gross. I what, don't know. Forget it. His probation officer once said when Speck is drinking, he will fight or threaten anybody as long as he has a knife or gun. When he's sober or unarmed, he couldn't face down a mouse. Wait a minute. What?
1: Okay. Sorry, so we we still haven't gotten to Levert's birthday. No, okay.
0: So this guy, he's real, gr- he's real creepy looking. He's real uh. pockmarked skin. And What's his name? Richard Speck.
1: Richard Speck. So I am going to take a pause for our listeners to get some, you know, pack another bowl of weed or yep. get another cookie from the cabinet, or Richard Speck. I am going to just Google him because I want to see what he looks like. You know, if you are in your car, yep. go ahead and stop, get out so and he- stretch your legs. Oh, yeah, he's a pretty great-looking guy.
0: He became a career criminal, and his arrests included theft, robbery, fraud, and assault.
1: Okay, theft, robbery, assault. Theft, robbery, what? Fraud. Fraud and assault, okay. In
0: 1965, he attacked a woman in the parking lot of her apartment building with a 17-inch carving knife. Yikes. So she escaped. He was arrested and given a 16-month sentence. He was ultimately released after six months due to an error.
1: See, that's the whole thing with this stuff. Like, there's all these stories of these people who just get arrested 45 times and they just keep getting out especially While,
0: violent criminals well, violent
1: criminals. and then you hear about these ones who people who are just do drug little drug offenses I know, and they're and in then, jail for 30 yep, years that's like, right but they're usually black people it's that's like true. it's just we're based on race or poor well this guy was probably poor yeah he was but it's really based on race yeah it's terrible that's true it's just like it's just i'm in a moment like we're like doing all this research and finding these stories it's like when you it's like when you're a kid you realize santa claus doesn't exist you're like shocked at how terrible the world is and Mm -hmm. then later you realize we live in a country where everything's based on rich white people getting everything and everyone else is screwed and 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 nothing's fair nothing's fair the whole court system is based on money
0: and they make the poor the two sides at the in the poor fight against each other so we won't all band together and get rid of those assholes
1: yeah and they do it on purpose and that's just this thing we're in this Mm -hmm. is a world and
0: we're not smart enough to figure it out and to stop
1: yeah collectively we can't we all just want to we all want our ours. we're like these rats
0: yes so anyway
1: it's a rat race
0: um he anyway
1: sorry for the downer everybody back to the rapes
0: fearing for her life speck's wife filed for divorce and took full custody of their child
1: good for her that's hard to do in this day and age
0: according to the book the crime of the century Richard Speck and the Murders That Shocked a Nation.
1: You should buy that at your local bookstore.
0: Speck's violence only escalated from here on out.
1: Uh Uh-oh. After
0: moving back to Monmouth to live with his sister, he stabbed a man in a bar fight.
1: Monmouth, Illinois? Yeah. Did he say what bar?
0: No, stole a car and robbed a grocery store, then burgled, tortured, and raped a 65-year-old woman in her home.
1: That poor lady was just minding her own business, probably. Probably. She probably didn't do anything wrong
0: she might have been gabbing with a neighbor
1: maybe that is the punishment for gabbing with a neighbor maybe no, it's karma uh, no we're not no saying it's that. not karma okay. no that's bad that's no terrible. that's bad we shouldn't say so don't that. don't
0: say that all right on a, on april 13th 1966
1: april 13th 1966 yes. oh the same day that lyndon johnson signed the 1966 uniform time act okay remember we talked about that you no, got all mad savings but, savings. but no but i looked in more than this you got mad last time because you hate Uh,
0: daylight savings time
1: daylight savings time but what this did uh, before that happened yeah um all this did was set a common date for it to happen uh it was the last sunday in april for all states in the u.s to set their clocks forward one hour beginning on april 29th of 67 and set clocks forward one hour on the last sunday in october because before that 18 states observed daylight savings time. Yeah. 14 switched time zones rather than changing their clocks. And the other 18 <laughs> left the option up to their local governments.
0: Oh, Jesus. So it was
1: just a different time everywhere, all oh my the time. God, like it was how just did a mess. anybody
0: conduct business at all, ever? Yeah.
1: So it, I think we should be happy that LBJ. At least they, that might be the best at thing. Least the they, uniform time. That's like, probably
0: the best thing he did. Let's
1: all do the same thing. Yeah. Also. On that same day, yeah. William Olson, a 24-year-old American Peace Corps volunteer and teacher from Spencer, New York, was eaten by a crocodile what? while he and five other Corps members were swimming in the Barrow River in Gambella, Ethiopia.
0: Oh, my God. Olson,
1: whose remains were recovered only after the crocodile was killed and opened up, was the first Corps volunteer to die in Ethiopia and the first to be killed by an animal.
0: Oh, my God. That's terrifying.
1: Also on NBC, Bob Hope. <laughs> did a special a comedy special probably starring phyllis diller
0: okay yes on that date mary Kay pierce was found dead behind the bar where she worked speck oh. was questioned by police about the murder but feigned illness promising to return to answer questions on april 19th
1: that's a great way to get out of a murder
0: yep when he didn't show the police went to the Christie hotel where he was living which is real classy. Anybody living in, in hotels a hotel is
1: usually probably not doing well in their life.
0: Yes. Speck was gone, but police searched his room and found items from local burglaries, including jewelry belonging to 65-year-old Mrs. Virgil Harris, who had been held at Knife Point, robbed, and raped that same month.
1: Wait, is that the lady yes. who we said deserved it yes. because yes. of her yes. gabbing? <laughs> yes.
0: By July of that year, Speck had outstayed his welcome and attempted to get a job on a ship with the National Maritime Union.
1: Oh, did, oh I hope he got that job on the ship.
0: So he did on July. July thirteenth.
1: Oh, July thirteenth, nineteen sixty-six. Oh, you mean same day that Gerald Levert was born? All right. <laughs> no, Gerald Levert was an American singer, songwriter, Star producer, heads. and actor.
0: Okay. Yes, at, he received after receiving an assignment, he arrived at the ship only to find his position had been given to someone else.
1: Oh man, so this wow. really pissed him off. We got to think of, this guy's furious. He's already a horrible murderer and rapist. Also, yes. Levert is being born.
0: So he goes off into it, has like a drinking bender in the neighborhood.
1: Oh, no. This is not going to end well, I don't think.
0: On on his binge, Speck met Ella Mae Hooper, who was a 53-year-old woman who had spent the day drinking at the same taverns as he was.
1: <laughs> While LaFert was being born.
0: Yes. Um, he then held her up at knife point. He brought her to his room where he raped her and stole her mail-order 22 caliber ROM pistol. Whoa armed now which Man, is not good. i don't
1: like all this rape
0: i know he set out onto the streets of south side chicago after a mile, he came across a townhouse that was functioning as a dormitory for nine student nurses at the South Chicago Community Hospital.
1: Oh, boy, this ain't gonna go well.
0: Speck broke in through the window, the townhouse, around 11 p.m. Mm-hmm.
1: and made his way
0: to the bedrooms.
1: No, poor nurses. I hope there's a tough-ass male nurse that beats his ass.
0: He knocked first on or the door. Or a tough-ass
1: female nurse that beats his ass. Could be. Like kn- Bonnie Jean Hostetter, who's a my grandma's former neighbor, who's All a right. tough-ass nurse.
0: He knocked first on the door of Filipina exchange student nurse Corazon Amoro, 23. Come
1: on, Corazon, you can do this.
0: And at gunpoint, he herded her and her fellow exchange students from the Philippines, Merlita Gargulo, 23, and God. Valentina Peson, 23, Come into on. the next room where wait,
1: am- let me guess, that they all unite and become Voltron and destroy him.
0: Where American students Patricia Matusek, 20, Pamela Wilkening, 20, and Nina Jo Schmael, 24, were sleeping.
1: Come on, Nina Jo Schmale, Save the day.
0: Speck then woke up the Americans and tied all six girls' wrists behind their backs with strips of torn bedsheets. Oh,
1: man, see, now, if those girls just were empowered enough to gang together. Six of them and only one crappy guy. But he probably has a gun or a knife or something.
0: Amaro, Amaro, the lone survivor of the encounter, later said, quote, "'The American girls told us we more or less had to trust him. Maybe if we were calm and quiet, he will be, too.' He had been. He has been talking to us all, and he seems calm enough, and that is a good sign. Thinking that they may be able to save themselves, one of the women asked Speck what he wanted. His answer was to go to New Orleans. So each of the women gave the intruder what money they had for a ticket to New Orleans.
1: I think it's pronounced New Orleans, but still, don't be <laughs> calm and quiet. Fight this guy. They could have kicked his ass. Where's the women power?
0: For a brief moment, it seemed that they may have saved their own lives until a ninth nurse, Gloria Jean Davy, arrived home after her date. Yep. Speck panicked and tied up each of the women, then took his first victim, Pamela Wilkening, out of the room. Oh, no. Instead, Speck led them one by one out of the room, and then stabbed or strangled each of the women to (sighs) death.
1: Those poor women, if they would have just banded together. Well,
0: there was. So um, Amaro, the first one that he saw, Yeah. She, in all the mayhem, somehow gets down on the floor and rolls under the bed. Really? Up against the wall.
1: And he forgets about her? And he
0: forgets about her. Oh yes. That's
1: how she survived.
0: That's how she survived. Yes. Smart so girl. um she said that none of her friends screamed as they were being led from the room, but she later heard their muffled cries. Oh my
1: gosh. What a tragic, awful thing to talk about.
0: In the midst of this carnage, two other student nurses who lived in the dormitory arrived home. First oh came gosh. Suzanne Ferris, twenty one, who spec stabbed to death in the upstairs hallway as she oh. was walking into her room. And the second was Marianne Jordan 20, who Speck also stabbed to death upon her entry to the house.
1: Oh, uh, we're losing a lot of valuable nursing people.
0: The final of these le- later arrivals was Gloria Jean Davy. We already said that she was yeah. dropped off. Uh, she was the only one of the women that Richard Speck raped and sexually brutalized before strangling. Gross. Likely because of these late arrivals, Speck must have lost count of how many women. And that's what I told you about. Yeah, that he probably forgot. So, yeah. Um, she stayed under the bed until 6 a.m. because she was so terrified. Oh, I
1: would too, bro. And, I would too.
0: And she, so then she bolts out from under the bed and runs to the nearest window and opens it uh, up. did not
1: you wait before we get to this? If you're under the bed till 6 a.m., don't you think like, you know, you would want to stay there. You want to make sure it's gone. Like, right. if, you, if you have to poop or pee, you just poop and pee. Out of that bed, right?
0: I don't know if you could. Maybe, maybe. You, you can't poop
1: and pee when you're panicked like this. I don't. I don't or do think. you only poop and pee all the time? I
0: think I do. I do most times. You when poop I'm and scared. pee all,
1: when you're scared. You poop and pee right I where there, I'm, right where I'm sitting. Oh I noticed there was a stink stink bug in the house yesterday, flying around. You pooped and peed everywhere.
0: I know I did because I, I was so scared. Mopping of it. the
1: floor for hours.
0: All right, so she opens the window and she starts screaming. They're all dead. My friends are all dead. Oh God, I'm the only one alive.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So. Then, and they're
1: all just like laying around all over the dead bodies are all over the house. Well, you can only yeah, assume.
0: Yeah. And so she provides in- investigators with a description of the killer. Yeah. They knew he was tall, maybe six ugly, feet in height, blonde, ugly and had a, as fuck. a deep southern accent, too. Oh, he did. Which made know him that. stick out. And he, the way he's, you know, his pockmarked skin and everything yeah. that like made him stand out. You no, know, he, like he looks
1: like the bad guy in Greece. Remember that yes, guy? Yes, he does. He's yeah. grosser,
0: though. So people who encountered him remembered him. And this assisted investigators to eventually capturing him.
1: People that, what did you say? Who people remember? who
0: encountered him tended to remember him.
1: Okay, so when they described him, out. they're like, "Oh, I saw that guy." Yeah. Oh, that friggin' asshole with the black again.
0: So he had found a low rent hotel that had cell like rooms for the patrons who were mostly drunks, drug addicts, or insane.
1: Oh boy! When, Put all those groups together.
0: Yeah, in a hotel. When he discovered police, he knew his identity. He when he discovered police knew his identity. He decided to take his life by cutting his wrists and inner elbow with jagged glass. Oh
1: God!
0: But they found him, and they took him to the hospital. And it was there that the first that first year resident Leroy Smith recognized spe- who he was and called the police. Oh. Like the hotel people had found him.
1: Yeah, when he didn't answer. It's amazing them. that he, that guy recognized him.
0: So he was placed on trial for the murders after a panel of psychiatrists chosen by both his defense and his prosecution judged him competent to do so. Yeah. During his trial, which began on April third, nineteen
1: sixty-seven. Oh, April third, nineteen sixty-seven—the same day that Captain Nice was on TV. Know, you know what captain nice n- was no idea starring william daniels that guy from st elsewhere that old man with a mustache from st elsewhere uh-huh. he uh he plays carter nash who was a chemist in the police department who discovered a liquid which could turn him into captain nice an odd sort of superhero very shy and dominated by his mother
0: <laughs> that's the superhero
1: captain nice flew though he feared heights in his tattered leotards fighting bad guys because his mother told him to do so
0: Well, that's kind of funny, actually. Yeah,
1: that was a show that was on. I want to see it.
0: I know. It could be good. Okay. um, That was on TV. He was... um, Yes, that was on his trial. He claimed to have no recollection of the murders, something that did not bother the prosecution as they already had an eyewitness ready to identify him. Boom. Amaro took the witness stand for the trial.
1: So the lady was under the bed.
0: Yeah, and in a dramatic moment, stood directly in front of Richard Speck, pointed at him, almost touching his chest, and said... This is the man.
1: Oh man!
0: The prosecution also found fingerprints matching Speck at the scene of the crime.
1: You know that poor woman. Like, it'd be interesting to do the research on what happened to her. Like, did she? Did she live an okay life, or was she haunted oh, by this I'm for sure her PTSD? Had can you imagine PTSD from? Something oh, like how are you that? doing? Oh, did you know that our friend uh, uh, witnessed. Twenty-two murders or whatever. Yeah, and had to lay down on the bed till six in the morning and poop and pee all over herself.
0: So the trial was a national sensation. It was the first time. It was one of the first times in the twentieth century that American history that someone had killed so many people at random. That's
1: crazy. It probably went. It would have went viral. Can you imagine today? Yes. Yep. It would have gone viral.
0: But today it's not that big of a deal, unfortunately.
1: No, I think it is. Something like I don't this. Know. I don't think this could happen now. And
0: I don't know. I. The last school shooting we had, I it was very low on my Facebook posts. Like really? I, I, yeah, I those are through, I scrolled, scrolled through Facebook for probably 10 minutes before I realized there was a school shooting, then which is a sad state of that affairs. That is
1: sad. Well, maybe you shouldn't have been scrolling through Facebook.
0: Probably not. I, it probably wasn't 10 minutes. Cause but I'm just thinking of cam- like long, with
1: cameras everywhere, like this guy would have been caught way sooner, don't you think? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, I don't know.
0: So for many at the time, it was seen as the end of an era of innocence when it was never assumed that someone would kill helpless victims without clear motivation. But then, of course, two years later, Charles Manson would end the 60s decade of love for good. After only 45 minutes of deliberation, the jury came back with a guilty verdict for Speck.
1: Guilty. He was initially
0: given the death sentence, but this was reduced to life in prison in 1971 when the Supreme Court ruled that people opposed to the death penalty were unconstitutionally excluded from the jury. They, they wouldn't let people serve on the jury if they were opposed to the death penalty. Oh. They use that for jury selection.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird.
0: No, that's, ba- that's bad. That's, you can't judge somebody. I know. You that's... can't have only pro-death penalty <laughs> people on the jury. I know. Then it's you, prejudicial.
1: Yeah, it seems not.
0: So Speck served the sentence at the Stateville Correctional Center in Illinois. Throughout his time there, he regularly got caught with drugs and moonshine.
1: Moonshine's not a bad thing.
0: He was given the nickname Birdman because he kept a pair of sparrows that had flown into his cell. That's weird. In 1996, a bizarre video taken of Speck in 1988 was released to the public by an anonymous attorney. What? In the video, Speck wearing silk panties and white female-like breasts grown using smuggled hormone treatments. So he's got He grew his own boobs? Boobs. Yes.
1: Because he smuggled hormone drugs? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. There's a video of this?
0: Yes, and he's just wearing silk panties. And he performs oral sex on another inmate while they both do large amounts of cocaine.
1: Whoa. Is is this video... Did you watch this video? Is it on YouTube? I see it right now.
0: There's another video of him being talking about the murders and he's sitting there smoking a cigarette and is and he's sitting in that outfit. You can see that part. You don't see the part where he's having sex with the other inmate. Thank
1: oh, God. I want to see that.
0: But, but at one point in the uh, video, a prisoner from behind the camera asked Speck why he killed the eight student nurses. While he's
1: giving somebody fellatio? Like
0: while they it was like after or something, he's Ugh. sitting there talking and he merely replies, it just wasn't their night. And then he started to laugh.
1: Whoa, what a creepy guy. So
0: Richard Speck died on December fifth, nineteen ninety one, the eve of his fiftieth birthday from a heart attack.
1: He died right before he turned fifty. Yep. And- Somebody didn't want him turned fifty. Wait, on that same day on Fox was Drexel's class starring Dabney Coleman as Otis Drexel, a fifth grade teacher at a fictional Grantwood Elementary School in Cedar Bluffs, Iowa. Remember Dabney Coleman at that show?
0: I don't remember that at all.
1: And also, in a different world, Whitley throws herself into an art exhibit in order to forget her breakup with Dwayne Wayne. And Kim is furious that Whitley wants to include stereotypical mammy items in the exhibit. Meanwhile, Dwayne Wayne uh, (laughs) fists Ron.
0: (laughs) All right. So, uh, yes, I got my... <laughs> it's a
1: different world.
0: I, I got my information from allthatsinteresting.com again. Oh, that they were They're always a good...
1: Credit to allthatsinteresting.com.
0: Thoughtco. Thoughtco.com. Thoughtco? Yeah, it, it was a profile of Richard Speck's serial killer by Charles Montaldo article. Oh. And then the lineup.com also gave... I
1: got some... And then the that. lineup.com. Thank you to those places where we just ripped off their info. That's right. But that just reminds me, I forgot to look up... Again, I meant to look up the weird news of the '66. Oh, damn it. 12 year old Beatles superfan Carol Dryden came up with a scheme to meet the Fab Four by mailing herself to them. No,
0: we didn't talk about that.
1: She packaged herself inside a box and arranged to have a friend ship it, addressed to the Beatles, care their fan club London. But Carol only got as far as the railway station when a clerk noticed the box she was in, wobbling back and forth. Inside of it, Carol, overheated and running out of air because she hadn't made any holes in the box, was oh trying God. to take off her sweater. Rescued from her confinement, Carol confessed she had given no thought to providing herself fresh air or food.
0: Oh, my God. That's a 12-year-old for you.
1: That's a 12-year-old. And then uh, there's two things that happened in June, so I'll just talk about them real quick. Mrs. Living Corpse. After being buried alive for a week outside of a drive-in theater in Denison, Texas, Lottie Howard married country Bill White. Both of them were buried-alive practitioners. After she was disinterred, the two left on their honeymoon. However, the marriage didn't last long. Two years later, she filed for divorce while Country Bill was buried alive in Austin, Texas. A sheriff's deputy dropped the divorce papers down the six-inch pipe Bill was using for air and food.
0: What? People purposely bury themselves alive?
1: Yes, and they have like an advertisement. Lottie Howard, Mrs. Living Corpse, buried alive. That like is it's like bizarre. A, it's like a stunt they did, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, whatever. And this is
1: all on weirduniverse.net. Usually I get these stories and then I go do a bunch of research on them to give right, you more details. You but I forgot to do that. And I've got another one coming up in August, so I'll do that. Um, but uh, since we're in June. And then we. We're in July, actually. Oh, we're in July. So those are happening in June. Uh, but we got Lavert being born. And we got to finish July. That's right. So we can start in August. And I just have a couple things that oh, but this is going to be bad because one of these things might be interesting. But all right, we'll see. July eighteenth, nineteen sixty six, Gemini ten is launched after docking docking with an Agena target vehicle. The astronauts then set a world altitude record of four hundred seventy four miles. You said docking. Docking Monday. You know what docking is? Yeah. Listeners.
0: All right. Let's keep moving. We don't need to.
1: Monday, July 18th, 1966, the, I guess it's Huff H-O-U-G-H, mm-hmm. riots break out in Cleveland, Ohio, the city's first race riots. Oh, wow. So that's what I think. I should have done some research to figure out what that was exactly.
0: That sounds like a personal introspection. But today. race
1: riots really aren't funny, so maybe we'll just no. skip that. And then Thursday, July 28th, 1966, the U.S. announces that a Lockheed U-2 reconnaissance plane has disappeared over Cuba. Ooh. And that's, again, this is like a link. I should probably read more about that. I thought you did all your research. No, I I stopped when we got to your story. Oh. And then I have realized that we just kind to of finish. So maybe I'll look up stuff in, for the beginning of the next episode if, it's, if there's anything interesting. If not, I'll just skip it. Okay. And the last thing is Friday, July 29th, 1966, Bob Dylan is injured in a motorcycle accident near his home in Woodstock, New York. He's not seen in public for over a year. Wow. Did you know that happened? No, I did not. Yeah. I
0: wonder wonder how he's remained such a, I guess because he's so talented, such a star. Like he never had, he never like faded away really.
1: Well, here's where I kind of beg to differ. Oh. I think, I'm not saying he's terrible or anything, but when's the last thing that he did that you, that is great, that you think of? The 60s, right? Right. Has he done anything since the 60s? Like some people just get yeah. such a status
0: That they're just there that for that they're just posterity's still there. sake.
1: Now when he dies, everybody's gonna go nuts. That's and, oh my true. god, we lost a treasure. But as did he do anything in the eighties or the nineties or the We and, Are
0: the World, I think, wouldn't
1: he? He was part of We Are the World. I think wasn't he in the traveling Wilburys? Yeah. Wasn't he one of them? Yeah. So that was I no, guess. No, that cool. was Tom Petty. Or was Tom Petty, uh Bob Roy Dylan Orbison? Who? I think Bob Dylan was in there. Yeah, you might be right. Robert De Niro, I think it was. <laughs> I don't know who it was. But my thing is, like, I mean, there's some people who are just become such icons that no matter what they do, they're per- like Paul McCartney. He hasn't done anything yeah, that's since true. the Beatles. Right. What's he done? But to get a ticket to see Paul McCartney is $500. Yeah. But he hasn't done shit.
0: Well, but when, I guess oh, when say, you're... say, say,
1: say. He did say, say, say.
0: When you're... <laughs> When say, you're when your say, body of work is that good, I guess you can rest on your laurels a little right. bit. Any
1: one of the Beatles. Like even yeah. but even Ringo well if Ringo did a concert, nobody would pay nobody probably bucks together. Mm-hmm. But there I don't know, there's that whole argument of like if you die young, you're instantly great. Like John Lennon died. Yeah. So he was super great. If Paul McCartney would have died. We'd talk about him like he was John Lennon. Like, if talk John, about John, Lennon John Lennon was still alive today.
0: He'd be un- irrelevant, you think? Well
1: he'd no he would be doing what Paul McCartney's doing, just cashing in on the oh, Beatles. Yeah. Except John John Lennon did stuff after the Beatles. hmm What did Paul McCartney do? The wings were terrible. Yeah, that was. Like anything he's done since. Has he done anything since? Except no. say say say? Yeah, they say say it's say, say was it, great.
0: It's all been pretty bad, Paul McCartney's stuff. The but, girl is mine. The eighties everybody was bad. We went through that already.
1: Not John Lennon. He died in 1980, so I think he.
0: No, I'm talking about the 80s. If he died yeah. in 1980, he's not perfect. That's true. He would have been shitty, just like everybody else. That would went he shitty. have though? Yeah, Jefferson yeah. airplane turned into Jefferson starship, and that was all shitty. And Paul McCartney got shitty, and anybody John Lennon would have got, got shitty from the 70s to the 80s. So
1: if you die Heart, young,
0: Heart what got shitty? Heart's great.
1: No, all they're... I want to do was make love. Oh, to it's you. so shitty. Like I guess it is shitty.
0: It's so shitty. Everybody got shitty in the 80s. So, and huh. eventually... John Michael Jackson
1: didn't. Well, he raped children in the Yeah, 80s. he raped children so in the 80s. I guess that's 80s. shitty.
0: Yeah, he's probably one of the only ones that didn't get shitty in the
1: shitty. 80s. Shitty. All right, we'll come back uh, next episode. We'll start off in August where uh, Sniper Charles Whitman kills a bunch of people. Oh, that's
0: the one I might have to do. Caesar's
1: so. Palace will open. Uh, there will be a plane crash, race riots, lunar crazy, orbits. Crazy. We'll, the 66. Beatles will have more... Uh,
0: Hits uh, and tricks.
1: Conferences apologizing about the Jesus thing. Uh the New York Herald Tribune. We'll talk about that. The doors.
0: The doors finally starting to the exist. doors
1: show up. The Beatles play their last concert next episode. We're gonna have a lot of stuff. So come back. Stick around. Come, come back. back. Jack. Rate us and review us. We're up to thirty reviews thanks to Melissa. Badass Melissa kicks ass. and That's she right. keeps listening. She's from Toledo, Ohio, I think.
0: All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah. Uh, music by Matt Truman. Ego trip. Information provided by the stuff we said earlier. And
0: special shout out to anybody in the armed services that might be listening from overseas because we oh, saw yeah. that we had we some- were just
1: looking over on the uh, Libsyn, which hosts us and stuff, and we were looking and uh, there's a, people in like uh, Iran and Iraq that are listening.
0: Yeah, we figured they're thank probably you. servicemen. Thanks. So thank you for your service.
1: Or maybe they're Iraqis and Iranians.
0: Could be. Probably
1: not. Shout out to McGillicuddy.
0: All right, take care. It's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry.
1: Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Brandon Wilhelm No. Has nice feet.
0: No, we're done.
1: Yeah. Green Lady, Chicago, everybody. <laughs> when you were all alone, no watched our kiss in the sky. when well, I was barely a glimmer in my young time, I said, We're so tired well, make me shut my mouth. American, American, American,
0: American Timelines time. is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered
1: by Ortho Carolina.
0: Find out more at
1: QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. com. Samantha, Samantha, that's a hickey.